0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Araqi Voices. This is your host, Hassan Haddad. Araqi Voices is a podcast that showcases authentic perspectives and insights about current developments in Araq. Araqi Voices is produced by 1001 Araqi Thoughts. The 2021 United Nations Climate Change Conference, also known as COP26, is underway in Glasgow, Scotland. Iraq, the land between two rivers, is the fifth most vulnerable globally to decreased water and food availability and extreme temperatures due to environmental degradation caused by climate change. In addition to environmental problems, Iraq faces political instability and health issues because of the changing climate and drying rivers. Today we dive into Iraq's environmental challenges with Harry Istepanian. Harry is an independent energy and water expert based in Washington, D.C. Harry is also a senior fellow at the Iraq Energy Institute. Welcome Harry. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now if we can start by uh, giving us a brief overview of what is COP26 and why is the world taking it so seriously. What is the difference between it and other previous environmental treaties? Well,
1: to start with, COP26 is a continuation of the agreement that happened in Paris uh, a few years ago. Uh, COP26 is implementation, I I would say, to the protocol, to Paris Protocol or Accord. Uh, It's very important because uh, more than 200 countries actually participated, uh, either officially or non-officially, in this um, in this uh, conference. And, and the, the important thing that they came out with uh, is a, a general consent among the participants that they have to maintain the 1.5 uh, degree C that um, basically they set it up uh, during uh, the Paris Accord. So uh, uh, in, in that sense, uh, uh, it, it's very important uh, for uh, most of the countries to uh, come to some sort of um, agreement on, uh, on the future. Um, obviously, uh, most of the people are talking about 2050, but to be realistic with that date, uh, I don't think many countries uh, will be able to uh, meet the, uh, the, the deadline. Take, for example, the G20, uh, uh, most of them who basically they participate about, um, uh, you know, uh, 80% of the um, carbon emission. Um, I don't think any of them will be able actually to to meet that um, deadline. Um, As far as the Arab countries and especially Iraq, I think it's very important because it will give some sort of, a let's say, a push. Um, for the Iraqi economy to diversify it in a way that it can uh, include the reduction of the um, uh, greenhouse gases uh, and uh, the carbon emission uh, in a way that it can help its economy.
0: Um, So one question I had, Harry, is where Iraq can decarbonize without harming its economy?
1: Um, well, it's a good question, um, actually. Uh, the reason for that, because um, there are two parallel paths, if I say, are happening right in Iraq. One, uh, the, the ambitious plan to increase the oil production to, to reach um, 7 million barrels a day. Uh, This is one path. The other path which is going in parallel is, of course, um, diversifying the economy. So we have two um, parallel paths and and unfortunately, uh, they they don't meet at any point because once Iraq starts increasing the uh, oil production, uh, obviously the the carbon emission uh, will increase as well. Uh, when I say carbon emission, it means uh, basically the uh, the flaring, gas flaring, and and that is uh, now the main uh, issue uh, for Iraq. Uh, don't forget, I mean, Iraq uh, is is not participating that much. Uh, you know, uh, for, for example, the carbon emission, if you take for Iraq, it's it's only uh, five uh, tons per uh, capita, which comes around, um, I think, comes around and. 200 um, million um, tons per year and that's nothing if you compare it uh, say for example with China which basically um, uh, participate 30 percent of the total uh, the world total uh, carbon emission but in in other sense uh, if we if we take you know the the Paris uh, Accord which uh, Iraq has signed it, um, I think in in February uh, it will uh, pave the the road for uh, a a different economy for Iraq, uh, away from uh, oil, and that is very important. I mean, uh, it's fine if Iraq wants to increase the production to 7 million, and and, and I I don't think that is going to happen in, in near future. Uh, but uh, it, in other way, they might think uh, differently when it comes, for example, power generation or um, uh, legislations regarding uh, uh, the use of cars, for example, vehicles and so on. So, so uh, uh, in one way, it's going to help the economy. And in, in another way, it might uh, put some kind of a break on, um, you know, increasing the oil productions in the future.
0: Makes sense. Now we we talked about uh, flaring of gas. Uh, what about the um, the issue surrounding methane in Iraq? Uh,
1: well, if if you if you look to Iraq, um, actually, it's it's uh, it's it's not only uh, gas flaring that is polluting uh, the air. For example, um, and, you know um, uh, the air pollution or. Uh, carbon emission actually comes from other industries as well. Mainly it comes from, uh, you know, oil refineries. Um, It comes from um, uh, asphalt, uh, cement, uh, brick factories. Uh, All those kind of things are uh, contributing to the uh, gas emission. Um, So I I think, you know, uh, methane for Iraq uh, could be a good opportunity uh, to convert it, say, to a, for example, to hydrogen, you know, um, um, OK, it, it could be, uh, you know, it's not going to be a, a green hydrogen, but it could be a blue hydrogen that uh, Iraq might be able, in fact, to uh, export it in the future if the infrastructure is available.
0: Uh, that's an interesting point, because I'm, I'm thinking about the risks. Um, would you be able to tell me what risks there are for Iraq in a world that is decarbonizing?
1: Well, um, uh, put it this way, unfortunately, uh, Iraq's economy is 95% dependent on oil export. And, and, and since 2003, um, Iraq unfortunately couldn't um, diversify its economy for different reasons. But we are hoping that from now until 2050, which is the deadline, that uh, Iraq would be able uh, somehow um, to become less dependent on uh, an oil uh, in developing its economy. And second, um, as I said, uh, it's probably it's a good opportunity to uh, think about uh, other uh, ways, for example, uh, generating electricity, for example. I mean, we have seen recently, uh, Iraq has been um, signing contracts with uh, quite a few international companies um, for generating electricity, say, from the solar uh, power. But uh, uh, we want to see more of this is happening And the important thing is is not only it's the electricity generation that Iraq needs to uh, become less dependent, say, on uh, liquid fuel, uh, which is mainly contributing to the uh, carbon emission, uh, but also um, look to uh, modernize its um, oil and and gas industry as well and uh, reduce as much as possible from now until 2050. the uh, the gas emission
0: it's it's an interesting point you bring up uh, harry about um uh, electricity generation what role do you see renewable energies playing in providing power
1: well if you look to the the entire region um solar energy in general is is is, is becoming very popular especially in in the uh, in the gulf states um uh, Other countries like Egypt, Jordan, were also, um, you know, for years been uh, trying to uh, diversify uh, their uh, generation mix. Um, uh, Iraq has the potential uh, for solar, uh, surely, especially in the Western and Southern parts of Iraq. Uh, Definitely, it can contribute in uh, reducing the gap between the demand and the supply, Uh, however, uh, we we need to be very careful with this, and I keep saying this always, that uh, Iraq's case um, is different from other cases, Um, you know, with uh, having such a fragile um, electricity network, uh, it's not going to help too much uh, the renewable uh, in, um, you know, meet the demand uh, in the future. It has to go in parallel with uh, other uh, conventional um, generation methods, uh, such as um, um, gas, for example.
0: Now, you said uh, the, the potential is there and, and there are risks uh, associated with these renewables. In your opinion, what more needs to be done to promote this potential?
1: Uh, it's a very good question. um uh, the problem with Iraq is always is the uh, legislation part. Uh, it's very weak. Uh, the weak legislation is uh, hurtling the development of electricity, uh, uh, energy sector in, in general. And, and that's the main issue uh, with um, uh, why Iraq uh, just started uh, to invest in the um, renewable energy uh, I think they can I think uh, the, the next government will have a big or huge responsibility um, actually to uh, encourage the investment uh, in the renewable energy but on the same time um, in, in conventional um, uh, generation as well but unfortunately with the conventional generation uh, uh, you need to prepare the infrastructure, especially uh, providing gas gas, Uh, is very important for Iraq. And um, reducing uh, the gas flaring, although I I doubt it actually by um, 2025, I think that was the target. I think they shifted now to 2030 to uh, reach the zero flaring. I I don't think they will be able to reach it even with 2030, because um, if uh, they continue uh, increasing um, uh, the production Associated gas will come, which is basically contributes about 70 or 80 percent of the um, gas uh, reserve in Iraq.
0: What is it going to take to get Iraqis to talk more about the environment and addressing our very serious environmental problems?
1: In general, it's the again, it's the legislation and the uh, forcing. Uh, to implement the legislations. Those are the two things which are missing right now. Um, uh, First, uh, you have to put some strict regulations uh, regarding, uh, you know, uh, the environmental issues. And second, you need to force the the, the legislation, uh, uh, you know, uh, to implement. Uh, Those are the two things that Iraq needs right now. when, when you say, uh, for example, power stations, for example, you, you need to have very strict regulations in, in terms of the emissions, say, for example, CO2, NOx, and so on. Those are very important legislations. And by the way, most of the countries, including um, you know, a, a country like Lebanon, when they um, basically um, refuse to receive the uh, fuel oil uh, shipment from Iraq, that was because it doesn't meet uh, the environmental uh, regulations of uh, Lebanon. And and that applies in every country in the region, not in the world alone, uh, e- even in the region. I mean, if you look to the Gulf states, they are very strict regulations regarding the emission. And second, when it comes to, for example, uh, the cars, uh, for example, I mean, there should be some strict Uh, regulations regarding the emissions from the car, what what kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, vehicles uh, you want uh, Iraq to import in the future, uh, how you are going to um, do this uh, transition to um, electrical vehicles, for example. Um, and don't forget, uh, Iraq's um, pollution issues uh, are, is not uh, the air only. Uh, we're talking here about, always about uh, gas emission. But in fact, if, if you look uh, to Iraq, it has so many environmental issues, including um, uh, soil um, pollution, uh, it has, um, you know, uh, water pollution um, and and uh, those needs to be all, you know, uh, bundled in 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 one legislation or uh, uh, several legislations, and put some uh, strict regulations to control them.
0: I'm glad that you brought up um, water because uh, it pertains to a question that I've got. But first, since you brought up the uh, deal that Iraq uh, signed with Lebanon. If our exports did not fit their environmental regulations, then why did we and they sign this deal to begin with?
1: Well, um, uh, to start with, uh, the deal actually uh, uh, says that uh, uh, there will be a swapping of the uh, Iraq fuel oil with a refined fuel oil with uh, with less sulfur. Um, so um, Lebanon will take that, uh, you know, um, fuel oil shipment and uh, swap it with uh, low sulfur uh, fuel oil uh, to use it for their power stations. So it's actually they are not going to um, uh, use the Iraqi um, fuel oil. Uh, they are going to use another oil, uh, fuel oil, that is uh, a higher grade uh, that they can uh, burn it in their power stations. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Iraq it, it has, um, you know, the, because of the aging uh, refineries, um, uh, almost half of it's, uh, the production from those refineries, uh, they need to get rid of it uh, somehow. Uh, you know, the high sulfur and fuel oil, uh, and, and and this is problematic. Uh, and and the issue is that because they. They don't have the uh, processing means to uh, refine uh, the fuel oil that can be, um, you know, uh, make it more uh, useful uh, even to uh, burn it uh, inside Iraq, uh, use it inside Iraq or export it to other countries.
0: When it comes to that, are we doing anything to build up that infrastructure to get some of that refining and uh, cleaning up process taken care of here inside Iraq?
1: Well, uh, you know, there are uh, several projects happening right now. One in Karbala, one in Basra signed the contract recently. Uh, The one in Gayara, there, they are um, upgrading the uh, the refinery there. Uh, There are quite a few projects happening uh, on the same part. But uh, don't forget, um, uh, you know, uh, the demand is increasing on the same time, Um, you know, uh, all these years, you know, for the last 10 years or more, Iraq was uh, importing, um, you know, for example, the gasoline from, um, uh, you know, other countries, Uh, diesel, for example, as well, the gas oil as well, they were uh, importing. So there is a huge demand uh, for uh, oil products in Iraq, Uh, and unfortunately, Um, uh, uh, they will continue, uh, you know, with operating the existing uh, refineries uh, for some time uh, before they think maybe to uh, decommission them. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen any soon, but uh, hopefully uh, that will happen, uh, you know, to to meet the uh, environmental regulations.
0: Thank you. Now, if we can go back to the water situation, um, as you know, this past winter um, was awful in terms of rainfall. We got very little rainfall, um, and we we felt it. I mean, every time I cross the Tigris River, uh, going from one part of Baghdad to another, you're able to see the riverbed. Um, that's how low the, the water flow is. Would you be able to give us a little bit about what the water situation in Iraq looks like now?
1: Well, this, this year in, in particular, um, Iraq lost uh, 50% of the Euphrates flow and about 25% uh, percent of the Tigris. Uh, now, um, out of nine out of um, the rivers which uh, you know, uh, flow from Iran, uh, they completely were uh, dried. Um, so, uh, and of course, we know about uh, Nehrad as well, uh, Sirwan, what's happened to it. So, uh, and and uh, unfortunately, um, I, I, I put the problem, uh, the water problem uh, of Iraq uh, on the blame on, on the governments, the successive governments, not this government alone, the successive governments. And, and, and this goes probably back in the 70s when... Um, Turkey started to build the um, the gap projects. And also at the same time uh, or in eighties, early 80s when Iran started to build uh, also uh, dams on, on the rivers. So um, uh, the, the problem uh, since then uh, escalated, um, you know, uh, started Iraq gradually to, to lose... Um, um, you know, um, a, a big portion of uh, the flow of the of the two rivers from the uh, riparian countries. Um, I, I think Iraq on the long term uh, needs a, a new, um, I would say, integrated uh, water management uh, plan, uh, not only to depend on the neighboring countries to get the, um, you know, the water that it needs for um, uh, irrigation mainly because uh, mostly uh, like uh, i think 85% or close to 90% of of the water in iraq is required for irrigation and the rest is used for industry and you know for drinking and so on so I think for irrigation needs Iraq needs to uh, adopt new new um, new plan It shouldn't depend because we see that both countries um, neighboring countries uh, I mean um, Turkey and Iran they refuse to uh, sign any um, any agreement with Iraq and not to um, comply with the international agreements as well when it comes to the um, the two rivers basin. So I think um, for for Iraq, um, it, it is very important because it doesn't have so many tools right now to put pressure on, on the neighboring countries. I think for them, it's very important to uh, start thinking how to manage uh, the water resources uh, internally uh, but through uh, you know uh, developing new irrigation schemes, um, uh, use um, uh, the water um, you know uh, recycling for example how to use um, other other ways. Um, of course, uh, Iraq. The other major issue that Iraq has is is, is evaporation. Um, I think it it loses uh, every year about seven seven billion cubic meters of water. Uh, because of the evaporation. Um, I think all those things, uh, Iraq needs to start thinking differently uh, from uh, last, uh, I would say, 3,000 or 4,000 years when it comes to uh, agriculture and, uh, you know, um, irrigation. So the the other issue um, that um, Iraq needs also to consider is the future of... Um, Uh, you know, uh, the uh, water scarcity in places uh, like uh, Basra, for example, uh, and and start thinking about, uh, for example, using uh, new technologies like, um, you know, desalination, seawater desalination, um, how to uh, transfer water uh, through um, canals or pipes uh, from one location to another, all those things, you know, big projects. Uh, uh, in addition to dams. Of course, the dams, um, I, I was against actually building any, uh, any more dams in Iraq. Uh, the, the reason for that, because Iraq right now um, has the, the dams, the existing dams, they have the capacity of uh, more than, I think, 90, 90 billion cubic meters right now. Uh, and and that is more, more than enough for Iraq um, for, uh, you know, um, uh, reserving water. Uh, and, and you probably you have uh, heard recently the, the plan to build McHul Dam, for example. But McHul, um, you know, the capacity, the storage capacity of McHul Dam uh, is not going to be more than two or three uh, billion cubic meters, and that's nothing if you compare it with the ninety billion that is uh, Iraq has. Uh, so, so building more dams is is not an answer, uh, in my opinion.
0: So, if if it's only two to three billion. Cubic meters of, of water. Then why are we putting in the effort of building the McHoyl Dam, rather than, as you said, trying to put our efforts into water conservation, uh, into educating our public on on not wasting water, and to try to treat some of the issues that you uh, discussed?
1: Exactly, exactly, and and and, and uh, I I have uh, one article I published. Uh, uh few months ago uh, about Mak'ul Dam. It's actually, it's not only, um, you know, um, there are quite a few other issues uh, related to Mak'ul Dam. One of them is um, is the soil type uh, they are building. According to one expert that I interviewed, uh, he said uh, the Mak'ul Dam, the area uh, that they are planning to build it, because Mak'ul Dam is not new, it, it was planned since 90s. Uh, it, is it's going to be more dangerous than uh, Mosul dam so uh, the other uh, the other person that i interviewed was uh, an archaeologist a german archaeologist uh, uh, and she said that um, uh, basically the area uh, probably by the time they flooded uh, it will cover uh, more than uh, 350 uh, archaeological sites, uh, for example. So there are quite a few environmental, uh, archaeological, um, technical issues related to uh, macro Dam. And I think uh, lots of countries, not only Iraq, um, uh, they are uh, uh, moving away from uh, building dams uh, into more how to manage the water res- uh, resources um, uh, water conservation, as you said, is is very important uh, element in this, um, uh, you know. So even the Ministry of Water Resources, Ministry of uh, Agriculture, those uh, government entities, they need to start thinking differently. Um, it's, the, the world is changing now, um, and the, the entire region is changing. Um, you know, don't forget, uh, there's a strong um, uh, correlation um, between um, the um, uh, water uh, scarcity and um, uh, the, uh, the climate change. Um, we, we might expect, uh, you know, one good season, but then probably expect uh, two bad seasons. So uh, for those two bad seasons, you, you need to think how uh, the one good season... Uh, will provide enough uh, water uh, resources for the next two um, drought seasons for example so those are the kind of um, issues that um, Iraq needs to stop thinking uh, you know carefully
0: um Harry I know I've taken up a lot of your time if we're able to wrap up with one last question and if you're able to tell me if Iraq has the capacity to face the environmental crises that we have been discussing in general, uh, and specifically uh, with the water crisis that uh, we just discussed?
1: Well, the the important thing uh, for Iraq uh, right now, um, like I said, it's missing quite a few things. Uh, One is the legislation. Second is uh, the plan, the strategy. Uh, and, and policies. Those are uh, very important things before they go ahead and start the implementation. And this is the problem uh, Iraq had in the past as well in dealing with, uh, with many issues, not with the water issue only, but also other issues, for example, electricity. Unfortunately, uh, in Iraq, uh, they think on uh, technical solutions, First, before um, uh, looking to, uh, for example, the legal aspects, the economic aspects of uh, the issues. And those are the, and the environmental issue, of course, comes in between uh, the economic and the uh, legal. And you have to come to some sort of a compromise, you know, uh, that, uh, okay, if I'm going to consider the environmental issues how much that is going to impact on uh, the economy, for example, of Iraq. And, and, and they need to come to some sort of, uh, you know, a compromise uh, when dealing with those issues. Once that's uh, sorted out, then uh, talk about how to deal with the issues technically. Uh, I, I think energy, water are going the, to be the, the two biggest uh, challenges for Iraq uh, in, in the next uh, decade. And the reason for that, I'm saying, because uh, water will become uh, very valuable. Um, you know, um, I think uh, the, the, the the gap between the demand and the, if I'm not mistaken, on uh, top of my head, uh, by 2030, I think the gap between the demand and the uh, supply of water, I think, is going to be around 20. Uh, Billion cubic meters. Um, I think the Iraq Iraq will need around 70 uh, billion cubic meters, and I think uh, what is going to be available is about 50 billion cubic meter. Same will apply with energy, um, with electricity, uh, with uh, you know. Uh, and so on. So uh, those are the two biggest challenges uh, Iraq is going to face. And don't forget, the population of Iraq is increasing, and, and, and you have to take this into consideration, um, uh, you know, for the next generations, um, how you how are going to provide uh, energy for them, how you are going to provide water, uh, food, and, and so on. Uh, so those are very important issues, um, you know, for this government, the coming government, and the next governments to consider.
0: Harry, thank you so much for your insights. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Hassan. We hope that once the new parliament is sworn in, it will focus on Iraq's environmental challenges and pass legislation that protects Iraq's water resources for the sake of Iraq's future generations. We also hope that the Iraqi government takes serious actions to bring Iraq's economy into the 21st century while taking advantage of the global focus on renewable energies. That's it for this week's podcast. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify to receive notifications about a new episode from Iraqi Voices. Until next time, take care.